The following podcast will contain spoilers along with unfettered feelings of nostalgia. Proceed at your own risk. Here it is, folks. Scrub the boat and shave your goat. It's time for Event or Else, the podcast where I go through most every major Marvel and DC event, one issue at a time, one episode at a time, because dang it, I care that much. I'm your host. My name is Steven. And this week, I'm going to struggle for just a bit as I try to come up with a unique way to introduce this episode. I'm going to try to say something funny, maybe a bit about cheese. But in the end, I'll come to my senses and realize that really, it's all just a bunch of nonsense, and we should just get on with the show already, because this week, I'm coming at you with the penultimate chapter in the saga that is Marvel Superheroes Secret Wars. This is issue number 11, folks, and it's entitled, And Dust to Dust. This issue was published by Marvel Comics in March of 1985, and it was written by Jim Shooter with pencils by Mike Zeck, inks by John Beatty, letters by Joe Rosen, and the colors were by Christy Scheel. As the issue opens, we gaze upon the face of doom. Like, literally. I ain't using no metaphor here. Dr. Doom's face here in this opening splash page is healed and unblemished. And finally, we get to see what this guy looks like. And honestly, he just looks like some dude. He addresses the heroes, telling them that he, Doom, is now the most powerful being in this and any universe. That he can destroy them all with only a thought. And yet, he's only there to talk. And talk he must, but for the last time. Because there are greater things he must see to. The villains rest just a few hundred yards away, and seeing Doom palaver with the heroes has them thinking that their one-time leader has betrayed them. But no one is more angry over this perceived betrayal than Owen Reese, the Molecule Man. He confronts Doom, who uses his new godlike powers to help the Molecule Man by removing a mental block that has prevented him from controlling organic molecules, along with the inorganic molecules he's always had power over, and then Doom teleports him back to the villains. The Molecule Man then creates an aircraft, and he and the villains fly off to Volcana's apartment, back in that section of Denver the Beyonder had used in the construction of Battle Planet. There they plan to rest while the Molecule Man thinks of a way to help them out. The heroes head back to what's left of Doom Base so that Captain America can recount for us some of the big highlights of the story so far before we check in once more with the villains. They've made themselves at home in Volcana's apartment when Molecule Man decides to do for them the one thing the villains want most, and that's to go back home to Earth. And so the Molecule Man seals up that bit of Denver, making the massive section of the city airtight. Then he just lifts it all up into the air and out into space as they begin their journey home. The heroes, of course, notice this happening. I mean, how could they not? But they realize there's really nothing they can do about it, and so they just go on with their day. That night, Colossus decides he misses Zashi a bit too much. 
And so he steals away to be with her in the alien village. In the meantime, as he's flying away on a stolen sky sled, a small flickering point of radiance drifts into Doom Base, where it finds a sleeping Hulk and sinks softly into the green behemoth's head. Soon, Spider-Woman, who's stalking the Doom Base hallways, encounters the Hulk. He seems off, almost robotic, so she tries to stop him from going any further so that he doesn't do anything or anyone all kinds of damage. She can't stop him, of course, but as she's trying, the small flickering point of radiance floats out of the Hulk's head, which causes him to sink unconscious onto the floor, and then it enters Spider-Woman's head. Spider-Woman, now possessed by the Radiance, enters the room where Doom had drawn the power from Galactus into himself, and where Captain Marvel still stands, frozen in her light form. Spider-Woman approaches Claw's disembodied head, which the heroes apparently just left lying around there on a countertop, when suddenly a bright light explodes all around her causing her to scream. The heroes, hearing her scream, rally to her where they find Captain Marvel back to normal, standing next to a dazed and confused Spider-Woman. Spider-Woman tells them that she suddenly just found herself in the room, waking up to see Doctor Doom, who had revived Captain Marvel, put Claw back together, and then stole away with him, but not before leaving a message for the heroes burned into a wall. You are summoned to the Tower of Doom at dusk tomorrow. The Thing, who just happens to be looking out a window, points out a tower in the distance, one that stands hundreds of miles high that wasn't there before. Now that has to be the Tower of Doom, right? Thank you, The Thing! Inside the Tower of Doom, the good doctor is hanging with Claw before deciding that he must rest. He doesn't need rest. He's a god after all. He just feels like resting so that he can draw in his power and contain it. But he can't fall asleep. And so he asks Claw to watch over him to keep him from falling asleep, which seems a bit odd for a god, but whatever. Meanwhile, at the alien village, Zashi is pulled from a deep sleep by a knocking at her hut door. It's Colossus and he's brought with him a big bunch of flowers. He gives her a big speech about love and possibly dying tomorrow, but being an alien, she doesn't understand a word. She does, however, know when a guy is coming on to her, and she smiles at him. The next day, our heroes, minus Colossus, arrive at the Tower of Doom. Claw shows them in, where Dr. Doom explains to them for like the third or fourth time that he is now a god and therefore is above all of their petty mortal desires. He has transcended this plane of existence. And yet, before he gives himself over completely, there are a few things he needs to do. First, he brings Kang back. Remember him? Kang tried to kill Doom all the way back in issue number one. And so Doom had Ultron disintegrate him. Well, now he's back. And Doom, after bringing him back to life, sends him home. He then goes on to explain that Galactus has already been found and aided by his herald Nova, wrapping up that part of the story. Then he tells the heroes that he will grant them one request as a gesture to atone for the suffering they have all endured at his hands. 
Spider-Man thinks that they should take him up on the offer and that maybe Doom can send them home. But Reed's all like, nah, I can get us home. (laughs) Wait, what? Since when? And why has he waited this long to say something? Nobody, however, seems to be upset by this announcement, which is super odd. But it's as the heroes discuss Doom's offer further that Captain America notices Spider-Woman, who's acting all weird and staring at Claw and stuff. He dismisses it with a patriotic, oh well, before telling Doom that he can take his offer and shove it. Doom's all like, fine, then y'all gotta go. You don't have to go home, but you can't stay here. We are officially done. Granted, I'm paraphrasing. But with that, the heroes leave. It's only as they're outside and Cap is doing a head count that he notices that Spider-Woman is missing. He has the others wait, and he goes back into the tower to look for her. He finds Doom in the den reading the paper and drinking wine, which, okay, I mean, sure, he's a god now. He should have no problem getting the current edition of the Wall Street Journal. But why would a god need to read the paper? Anyway, Cap tells Doom that Spider-Woman is missing, and so Doom sends Claw off to find her as he and Cap have a chat. Spider-Woman finds Claw first, trapping him in her web as the flickering radiance transfers into him. He walks away, all robot-like, as Spider-Woman slumps to the floor, out cold. Back in the den, Doom is telling Captain America that he plans to use his new powers to free his mother's soul from Mephisto's clutches. And then he's going to transcend and be all one with the universe and all that. And then he tells Cap, again, how he is above the petty desires of mortals, that the idea of conquest Even ruling the entire universe has about as much appeal as ruling over an amoeba would have to Cap. Claw returns, acting all confused, and tells Cap that Spider-Woman is out in the hall. Cap collects her, and the two meet up with the heroes outside. Cap announces that he needs to gather everyone back at Doom Base, high priority, as they have something important to discuss. Meanwhile, Colossus is making out with Zashi in a field when Professor X summons him back. But the boy don't want to go back. He's a bit busy getting his smooch on. But in the end, he obeys. Once the heroes are all together, Cap explains that he thinks something is up with Doom. Despite all his talk about being a god and being above humanity's petty desires and transcending and all that crap, Cap can tell that Doom is still a man. After all, would someone like who Doom claims to be care about saving his mother's soul or even healing his scarred face? Cap thinks Doom is who he's always been. It's just now he has the power to wink them all out of existence with a thought. He feels they need to attack and that they need to do it at once. But he also feels that it has to be a unanimous decision. That if even one of them disagrees, then they just do nothing at all. He even reminds them that with the level of power Doom holds, if they do all decide to attack, the moment the decision is made, they might very well be annihilated on the spot by a bolt from the blue. There's a bit of deliberation. Colossus is the only holdout. But in the end, they all agree. And then suddenly they're all annihilated on the spot by a bolt from the blue. And there you have it, folks. The end of the issue. And all of our heroes are dead. I'm going to try not to think about it. Instead, how about we just look at the top three things to dwell on? The top three things to dwell on are three moments in the book that I feel need to be given just a bit more thought. 
These could be funny moments or stupid moments or moments that make me scratch my head in confusion. The types of moments don't really matter. What matters is that I just got to talk about them. Thing to dwell on number three, the Hulk sleeps on the floor. So yeah, I don't have much to say about this. I just find it funny. I mean, I have to assume that there just aren't any beds in what is left of Doom Base to hold the Hulk. And I doubt he gets cold, so he doesn't need a blanket. But still, the Hulk sleeping on the floor just strikes me as funny as all. Thing to dwell on number two, for a doctor, Otto Octavius is an idiot. There near the beginning of the book, when the Molecule Man confronts Doom, he literally peels back a section of the planet with his powers to separate Doom from the heroes. Dr. Octopus watches him do this. So when the Molecule Man returns and he tells the villains that they can get along without Doom and that he will take care of them, Doc Hawk actually sounds amazed and maybe even a bit angry at the idea that the Molecule Man is now going to take charge and not him. Again, this is just after witnessing firsthand what the Molecule Man can do. And let's not forget that Doc Ock was there when the Molecule Man dropped a freaking mountain range on the villains way back in issue number four, and yet he still feels that he can step up to the man. For an educated guy, he sure is an idiot. Thing to dwell on number one, Dr. Doom wears toe socks? Okay, this might win the funniest moment in the series. When Captain America comes across Doom in his den, reading the paper with his feet up on the coffee table, Doom has his boots off and he's there in his socks. But here's the thing, you can see his toes. Honestly, I feel like Mike Zek drew the panel with the intention of Doom being in his bare feet. But then Christy Scheel colored his feet white as if he was wearing socks, which makes sense. Why wouldn't you wear socks in metal boots? But because you can see his toes, that makes them not your average socks, but toe socks. And frankly, the idea of Dr. Doom wearing toe socks underneath his armor endears me to the character in a way that nothing ever has before. And those were the top three things to dwell on. So now we come to that time in the show where I wrap it all up and tell you how I feel about the book in general. And well, this is it, folks. We have just the one issue left. And from what I remember, it's double-sized. But really, with the heroes dead, what are they going to do with the double-sized issue? All right, all right. We all know they aren't dead, which means we get to find out how they survived. Plus, are we going to see any more of the villains as they ride back to Earth in Volcana's apartment? I have to assume that the Molecule Man has them moving at a pretty fast clip. Otherwise, it's going to take years for them to get back. And what's with Reed suddenly announcing that he can get them all back home? What's he been waiting for? All right, I have to assume he just didn't want to abandon all the others trapped on the planet. And by others, I mean the folks in Denver. But that issue seems to have fixed itself. So what are they going to do about Doom? What's up with that flickering radiance that's been possessing people? And how does Reed plan on getting them home? I'll tell you what, join me back here next time for the season finale of Event or Else. And I hope to answer all three of those questions for you, along with one other. Where has Lockheed the Dragon been this entire time? That's coming at you next week 
with issue number 12, which is entitled Nothing to Fear. Be there or spend the rest of your life trying to live with that regret. Was that too dramatic? Event or Else is a presentation of the Just Another Fanboy podcast. Questions and comments can be directed to eventorelse at gmail.com. You can support the show for as little as a dollar a month over at the Patreon by going to patreon.com slash stevenroar and get instant access to the My Other Podcast podcast, a weekly show where I talk about all the nerdy type things I don't have time to talk about in all my other podcast episodes. I also encourage you to rate the show wherever available and share the podcast with a friend. All links will be in the show notes. Uh, that may go at the end of the sentence. It better.